Welcome to Let's Parent on Purpose. This is a podcast designed to encourage and equip you as we work on building our kids that will build the kingdom of God. My name is Jay Holland, and I'll be your host as I aim to share some of the most helpful tools that I've come across in over 20 years of being involved in student ministry, foster parenting, and raising my own kids. Well, today's very first episode of Let's Parent on Podcast, and I thought it would be maybe helpful to start with uh, one of the most long-term helpful tools that you can have, and that's perspective. Um, And maybe today I'm just doing it as a pep talk to myself. You see, uh, before I even started recording today, got four kids trying to get them out the door, and in the first 45 minutes of um, parenting this morning, let's see, we experienced crying, yelling, drawing of blood, um, more crying, wailing. Um, so it was, it was a, not a terribly encouraging morning. And, and sometimes mornings like that um, can make you just feel like an absolute failure. And I think maybe the biggest thing that happens in mornings like that are you start to wonder, is it always going to be like this? And that's where the despair comes in. That's where the agony comes in. Is you just start to dread, um, what have I done wrong? And now, in this crying and drawing of blood case, there there's special circumstances. You've got a kid that's um, just got some special troubles. But anyway, like that 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 feeling of is it always going to be like this can be so sinking. Um, that that thought of man, what have I done? Because all of this work that I've done and it's just not sticking and not working. Um, it can it can really sink you, and so. This understanding of perspective that this is not a sprint, that parenting is not a sprint, it's a marathon, could be one of the most helpful things that you can just remind yourself. And so maybe today that's what you need to hear. Uh, this is not a sprint. Parenting is not a sprint. It's not an event. It is it is a marathon. And, you know, in some senses, it's kind of done at 18, 19 years old, except that's just not the case at all, is it? Because, you know, they're transitioning they're in different parts of life, but it's not like you get to stop parenting all of a sudden once they're graduated and out of the house and married and have a job. You, you still just got different seasons of, of parenting. So I want to share with you Hebrews chapter 12. This is a really encouraging passage to me, um, especially in the realms of perspective and in the realm of this idea of it's not a sprint and a marathon. And I'll just give you some practical help after we share this of just maybe some ways that you can remember that. Uh, so Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 1 uh, Paul said, actually, Paul, Luke, we don't know who wrote it, um, but whoever wrote it had a deep relationship with Jesus, had experienced a lot, had a lot of good stuff to share. So Hebrews 12, starting in verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And then I like this verse. It says, Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you've not yet resisted to the point of your shedding blood. And I just had to laugh as I read and thought about that this morning is, um, I didn't shed blood, but one of my little boys did because he got to the truck first and my daughter wanted to be in the truck first and struck him and clawed him and 
who was weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth right in the middle of our driveway. And, uh, of course, other neighbors were out to make us just feel like super awesome parents that morning. Um, but look, there's been a lot of training that's happened in these kids, and there's going to be a lot more that happens. And uh, if you stake your parenting success or failure on whatever the event was of today, uh, you just lost perspective. Um, parenting is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So you have to have that mentality. You have to have that, that, uh, that endurance mentality as you do it. So what's the difference in somebody who's running a sprint versus running a marathon? Um, well, one, one of the things I think of is think about how many marathons you've watched on TV, and probably the answer is not many. Um, probably the answer is maybe you saw the highlights of one, but marathons aren't terribly exciting for other people to watch. But you can get a stadium of people around to watch a sprint. Um, fastest man in the world, Usain Bolt, can run the 100-meter dash in less than 10 seconds. I think almost like right at 9 seconds. I have no idea who the fastest marathoner in the world is. Um, even though that person can run every bit of 26 miles faster than I can run 100 yards, I have no idea who his name is, and I can't fathom watching him run the whole race. Um, it's kind of like the parenting journey, right? You know, you get people that are there and cheering for an event, but man, there's some long stretches. There's some dark stretches where you just feel like you're alone. Um, you might feel alone as a single parent, even as a, a husband and wife, you, you just might feel alone. Like nobody knows, nobody understands, nobody's been through what you've been through. And, and the truth is maybe nobody's been in your absolute exact situation. Um, but I would venture to say that I, I I'm positive. I don't have the worst situation and I'd venture to say that you don't either. And when we think of Hebrews chapter 12, verse one, the, the beginning of it, was uh, the writer saying, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let's lay aside every weight and the sin which runs so, or clings so closely, and let's run with endurance the race set before us, looking to Jesus. First off, it, it says since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. But you have to understand, this isn't talking about there's this group of heavenly hosts, like all of the angels and all of the saints that have gone before are standing around watching to see whether you succeeded or you failed today. Now, this witnesses, he, if you go back to Hebrews 11, he's talking about saint after saint who by faith believed God, and whether in this life or in the next life, God rewarded them. And one of the things I think that's remarkable about that, he, he talks about by faith, Noah believed God. By faith, Abram believed God. By faith, Gideon did. Samson did. And when I go back and I read the stories in the Old Testament of the lives of these people, you know, what I see a lot of times isn't this remarkable man or woman of faith. I see a screw up. I see somebody that had a massively dysfunctional family, um, sometimes multiple wives, sometimes absolutely rebellious uh, kids who just went all over the place. But over the long term, as they believed in God, God moved and worked in them. I cannot believe that God names Samson in Hebrews 11 in his hall of faith. Samson was a screw up, it seems like his whole life, but Samson ultimately showed that faith in God and he was used of God. Uh, Abraham, Abraham did some amazing things, but Abraham, you know, got impatient and took his concubine and, and 
had a son outside of outside of his wife uh, because because he lost patience and he lost faith for a little bit. But when God looks at at Abram, he sees the big picture. He sees the long story that by faith he believed God, and God counted that faith as righteousness. And so, when you think of your parenting, when you think of what's going on in your house, um, just don't beat yourself up today. You you, you might have blown it. You might have blown today, you might have blown this week, you might just feel like you're in a season of time where it's just failure after failure. Um, But let me just encourage you, God is moving in that failure. God is is purging things out of you. Um, I I can tell you in my current parenting situation, there there are character things that are being revealed in me that if the situation weren't exactly what it's in, if if the parenting of this one particular child wasn't as difficult as it is, man, I just might think I'm the most patient, enduring, lovable human being on earth, but but man, is my wickedness revealed as, as I can't control these circumstances. So on one hand, God's doing a work in me. Um, on the other hand, God's doing a work in my kids. And, and I'll tell you, this is one of the ones that I struggle with because you know, when, when you have one rebellious kid, for instance, one massively rebellious kid, and it's causing trouble with other kids in your home, you can feel like, oh no, this, you know, this is sabotaging their childhood, or this is sabotaging their teen years. When, when the truth is that every person that you have ever met in your life that has deep character has walked through deep trials. Every person in your life that you've met that has something to offer the world has has been through some significant pain and significant trials. And I have to trust in my house that God is doing that in my other kids. Even though every morning isn't as happy and wonderful as I want it to be, that, that God is doing that in my kids even when that particular morning might have been a mess up, that particular morning might have been a screw up. That God's using these trials to move not just me, but my kids. And so I just want to give you a couple tips before we close out today of just some different thoughts or ideas that might help you in the remembering that this is a marathon and not a sprint. So here we go with three thoughts that might be able to help you a little bit in this. Number one, think long-term. Think long-term. So don't just think about what's happening today think long-term in a couple ways. Number one, you're, you're not raising your kids to be obedient to you. You're trying to raise them to be responsible, helpful human beings for society in general, um, which means that you, you don't want to just train them to do what you say all the time, although, man, wouldn't that be ideal? Um, but you want them to be able to process the why. Um, they're going to encounter situation after situation that's brand new to them. And hopefully what you've been able to do is help give them the pieces to where they're not reliant on you to make every decision, but you talk to them. Like I I just recently had a a conversation with my daughter who is 14 and uh, we were talking about phone privileges or something like that. And, and I just mentioned, you know, the goal isn't to just keep you in this protected cocoon and bubble and then when you're 18, release you to college, and all of a sudden you have to make all of these decisions for the first time in your life. As you grow, and I told my daughter, as you grow towards your senior year, my hope is by the time you're a senior, you're making a vast majority of decisions like for your life, that you're, you have most of the freedoms 
by that point that you're going to have the year after because I don't want to just dump all of these on you. But at the same time, I, I need to see a growing level of responsibility that goes with that growing level of, of freedom. And, and however it happened, it just kind of clicked at that particular time that morning that we're not raising you to just do what we say all the time. I'm trying to raise you to be responsible, which means a, a little bit of responsibility. And when you show that you can handle that, then a little bit more um, but sometimes it's just in the phrasing of it to where if, if you can have this kind of conversation when it's not in a negative, not in a disciplinary tone, but in a, hey, this is my hope for you, that you're going to surpass what mom and dad have done in decision making and in responsibility and the things that you can handle, then, uh, you know, think long term in that. Uh, so a couple of ways that I'm thinking long term, what do I want my kid to be like? Um, what kind of character do I want them to have by the time they are uh, a high school senior or right out of my house? And then long term, what kind of parent do I want them to be? What kind of what kind of grandkids do I want to have? And and so I'm trying to think and, and I'm praying through their spouses and their kids and grandkids now because I want to raise them to be responsible, productive human beings. And number two goes right along with that. Failure is an excellent teacher. So I want my kids to be perfect. I want them to do everything right. Uh, I know that's not going to be the case, yet I'm shocked when it doesn't happen for whatever reason. But I need to remember that failure isn't just something to be exasperated about and angry about. Failure is this incredible opportunity to be a teacher. And so, you know, one of the things you might do with your kids is go back and revisit. If they blew it, then... Yeah, there might be a consequence to it. Um, sometimes maybe not. Sometimes just the embarrassment, um, the the whatever happened in that relational tone, maybe that's consequent enough. But you're able to go and say, okay, this is probably not the only time that this situation is going to come up in your life. How would you handle it different next time? Remember, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Um, I, I remember training for a marathon at one point in my life, and I didn't quite make it there. I hurt my knee at about 18 miles. Um those first couple miles, I, I had been used to running and, and it wasn't a big deal. I got up to like that near 10 mile mark of training and my body just crashed and I realized I cannot do things the way that I'd done them in the past. And it was failing. Like I, you know, I'd heard about nutrition, but I was in my 20s, so nutrition meant nothing. But all of a sudden when, when now I can't do it and I'm failing and I'm having to call somebody to give me a car ride back to my house because I, I can't even make it back, that failure flipped a switch for me. And I was able to change going forward. And that's what we want. We don't want our kids to fail, but we don't want to waste their failures as a chance to humble them um, as far as their relationship with God. That Man, they're always going to need God. And also to just give them wisdom for the path forward. So if if your kid is afraid to admit their failures to you because because you emotionally go over the top, you're missing out on some of the most golden opportunities for teaching and training. And, and then the third thing that goes along with these other two as well, think long-term, failure is an excellent teacher. And then number three, discipline for what you want them to be, not just discipline for what you don't want to happen. Uh, that word discipline, it's actually in Hebrews 12. If, if you were to continue to read Hebrews 12, where we just read, if, if you continue, it says, have you forgotten the discipline of our Father and how God disciplines those he loves? When we think of the word discipline, a lot of times we just think in the terms of chastisement. 
but think about that, that word is used for armies a lot of times. A well-disciplined army doesn't mean a well-chastised army. That means an army that does exactly what it needs to do. An army that can go out and accomplish its mission because everybody knows what it needs to do. A well-disciplined dog is a dog that doesn't jump up and grab your clothes and eat your stuffed animals or chew your tables and stuff like that. And and that doesn't happen because you've just punished your dog out of doing those things. You've reinforced in them what you want them to do and what you want them to be. And so don't miss those opportunities for praise. Every chance that you can get to praise them for what they're doing well, praise them for what they're doing right. Let me tell you something. If you'll put half of the energy into praising them that that we expend when they fail and when they mess up, then we can shape a lot of those things and they'll actually fail less. They'll actually screw up less because they'll start getting it. It'll start clicking and start rewarding. And I know that's hard to do because I, I, I know you sometimes you're just exhausted. Sometimes you just don't want to think, period. But if maybe you make just a, a, a quick list practically today, what are a couple character habits that I want my kid to grow in and develop in. And maybe the next step you take is just you're going to consciously make a choice every time you see them displaying any bit of that character that you reinforce it. You give them praise, maybe a special treat, a jelly bean. I mean, I don't I don't know whatever age they are, but you know, praise and affirmation, hugs, privileges Whenever you see them just stepping towards that character trait that you like, reinforce it, reinforce it, reinforce it, reinforce it. And if we discipline positively like that, we'll find ourselves having to do a lot less discipline on the other side. Well, hey, that's all I've got that's probably of any kind of value or help today. I'm going to go out and work on practicing it myself. And if this podcast has been any kind of encouragement or help to you, there's a couple things I'd encourage you to do. Number one, uh, would you subscribe to it and share it with others? And if, if you do that, that just helps get the word out and gets more people that are able to benefit from it. And I think the more people that are involved, the, the better we can make it. Uh, this is actually a ministry of Covenant Fellowship Baptist Church in Stewart, Florida. If you live in the Treasure Coast in Florida and you don't have a church, you should come hang out with us. Come visit us because I cannot imagine parenting without a community of God. Uh, in addition, you could go to letsparentonpurpose.com and check out. I'll have the archive of the podcast there, some helpful resources that have helped me along the way. I'll start posting them on there. And uh, you got any questions for me, you can email me at j j a y at covenantfellowship.com. Have a great day. God bless you. And we'll talk to you later.